and gentlemen, I'm Sam the SLB, and alongside me today is the man of many numbers, the satirical jester, John the Statman. We are coming to you from above the ring ship at Studios, premier wrestling podcast covering all things from AEW to WWE Worldwide. Coming to you Monday morning, Turner time. Scott is out on assignment, so it's just going to be John the Statman and I. This is the very first time I think we've done an ATR show where it's not um, Scott and I. So how are we doing this morning, John? Doing well. We had to step out of being trios temporarily just so that uh, Scott gets better. He, he was not feeling great this morning, so uh, we hope he feels better. But we have no problem being uh, being the, the, tag t- the great tag team that we are for this episode of Above the Ring. So I'm doing pretty well. This morning, I think. Good, awesome, <laughs> awesome. We got a, we got a lot, a lot to talk about. Um, I think we're gonna hop right into it. Uh, if you don't want really to do so, guys, just don't forget we have Power Slam on our YouTube channel. So we cover everything throughout the week: Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, Rampage, Impact. Uh, slightly loaded uh, episode, uh, so we'll get right into it. The next two weeks, not as busy as, uh, you know, the, the last two were. Uh, starting on the 18th, we have uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Battle in the Valley, which myself and Ethan will be covering. And on the 18th, as well, is going to be Elimination Chamber. Uh, up in the air whether or not that'll actually be covered, because Scott's debating on going to that one. Uh, on the He's 19th, debating on, on heading up to... Old Canada. Old Montreal, yeah. I think no. it's uh, that's at the Bell Center, if I'm not mistaken. Um, on the 19th, we have All Japan Pro Wrestling's Excite Maniacs. I hope I pronounced that right. On the 21st, we have uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's Kenji Muto's Grand Final Pro Wrestling Last Love, which I believe is his actual last, last, last match. The 22nd to the 28th, we do have New Japan Pro Wrestling's and CMLL's Fantastica Mania. So... A lot more going on in Japan, but doesn't mean that it's going to stop anytime soon. A couple of small, I don't want to say small things, but in the midst of us missing a recording last week, we forgot to, we didn't get to announce that uh, Lonnie Poffo, the genius, the brother of the Macho Man, had passed away at 68 years old. Um, Not much to say. I mean, I, you know, I think Lonnie even. Not as big of a star as Randy, but I think over I think post his passing, he became as you know very, very loved in the community, especially with his, you know, how highly he talked of his own brother. So um upset and loss on that one. Uh to add to the uh concerned health of the older generation, um Jerry Lawler suffered a stroke, I believe, uh, last week. Um, from what I'm reading on TMZ, he is out of the ICU, and he's going home to, to, for rehab. But I know this isn't the first time he's had major health problems. No, remember, he had that he had that heart attack happen on that episode of Monday Night Raw in, like, 2015. And I remember a lot of concern being there at that time but Jerry Lawler seems to <laughs> he seems to be a guy where he he slips past things like these and you know I think every a lot of people are really concerned when they found out they had he had this stroke uh in uh I think his condo in uh Fort Myers yeah I believe but I tw- I did see a tweet go out from uh, Jerry Lawler's official page that, you know, after suffering a massive stroke on Monday, he is now recovering at a Fort Myers hospital. His speech is limited, but with rehabilitation, he'll make a full recovery. He thanks everyone for the continued prayers and he'll be back in the near future. Actually, one of the wild things about Jerry Lawler still is that I think for the, he's been wrestling since like 1970 i believe or something like that so even at his age now he wrestled a match i think uh sometime like one match last year he makes it a point to wrestle at least one match every year uh since 1970 
Um, it's still the beginning of the year, and I mean, thankfully he got past this the stroke he had. But you, you got to think like when when is it the time to just finally just put put the because he obviously doesn't need the paycheck. You know, he does it just to just because he loves uh, professional wrestling so much. But I, I gotta you gotta ask the question of when when is the time to to stop. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure with Jerry because he's even for somebody his old age, he still has a lot of, uh, as my grandfather would say, piss and vinegar. Seventy three, so he's seventy three years old and he's still doing that. Um, oh, he had know. that heart attack. He had that heart attack in 2012. I'm sorry, I said a different year. <laughs> so he was 62. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I'm not, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be a good time for him to uh, put it, you know, put it up, but, like. I think probably he, he, he probably doesn't mind getting away as long, like, even if he's in, like, a tag team match or a six-man tag match or something like that, like, he does, he's not doing a lot of the work in the match anyways, but I think doing that, you know, takes a lot off of him as opposed to a singles match where I'm sure that wouldn't go very long anyway, but we'll, we'll see if he actually has a match, you know, with some promotion later in the year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, maybe just to make him feel better and get his, uh, get his body moving after that. Um, so we're going to hop over to some, uh, some other announcements here. So AEW finally announced its first live events or house shows. AEW house rules. Um, the first one in Troy, Ohio on Saturday, March 18th. This one surprised me. This actually, I don't know about you, John. This really mm -hmm. surprised me because they were very against the WWE model. you got to be on the road for 300 days a year. Um. And as of right now, that's the only house show that's been announced is March 18th. So I don't know if this is like a test to see how this works out. Uh, well, it surprises me because they're planning to do these series of live events now. But at the same time, I AEW, I feel like, has an attendance issue right now at their televised events. Mm-hmm. So you got to think what's going on in Tony Khan's head where he thinks that they should be doing these non-televised live events when when they're having a tough time bringing in people to the weekly shows. Like I'm wondering and I'm going to again this is this could be a WWE was still doing a stupid amount of house shows when their attendance was dropping. Do they have the mm -hmm. money? Absolutely. And I'm wondering if Tony's like, because the tickets, they were like starting at 20 bucks. So they're like dirt cheap at these house shows. So I'm wondering if he does these house shows at these maybe smaller venues to kind of just bring in some extra, uh, um, extra revenue. That's the only thing I can think of because uh, when I look at maybe, because uh, yeah, because I, I think you're probably looking at the the first one is March 18th in looks like Troy, Ohio, at the Hobart Arena. So I'm actually about to check the attendance of that right now. Okay, that is a very small venue. This looks like a a small hockey venue, and I'm about to check the seating chart on that right now. A three thousand 782 multi arena. All right, so that's that's not that large. So no, and I bet uh, you the rental fee isn't expensive. You know, for stuff like that. Again, I mean, yeah. It, not everybody's gonna want to go to these. Obviously, if you and I, I mean, how many house shows for WWE did you ever go to? Probably one or two. That came to the area, like not. Uh, it was. I didn't go to very many house shows. I I did go to 
actually a TNA house show mm-hmm. one time when they came they came up here one time and they came, they played it they 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 uh they had they were in a local casino <laughs> that I think you know which one I'm talking about yeah so I saw TNA Twin River yes I saw Twin River at uh, I I saw TNA excuse me at <laughs> Twin River uh many many years ago and WWE I've seen maybe one or two at most not that many so house shows house shows you really gotta you gotta fill up the card like pretty well but you gotta think too like a, a challenge that's going to happen with these house shows is that I mean with MJF as your world champion I mean he's he's arguably the guy that people want to see right now so MJF's not going to want to be on house shows. I maybe I, I won't rule it out completely, but you know, obviously not all of them. He's not somebody that even that wrestles even that often. Yeah. So you got you got to think how are they going to build the cards for these uh, house shows? Well, how many times did I? <sighs> Again, I'm gonna compare. I'm gonna do the WWE comparison here because there was that time where Brock Lesnar was champion, and like, I mean, the belt almost didn't exist. If right. it wasn't like the Big Four, he almost never showed up. And the one time I think you and I had gone to a SmackDown or a Raw, and he was scheduled to be there, he showed in like the first five minutes, and that was it. He left. And he was gone. <laughs> So, I mean, even if he does something like that, I don't know. Like, I will say it's smarter to do it in these smaller arenas. You know, I think that's something WWE should have even taken to heart. You know, when their numbers were starting to go down, even though, I almost said the Civic Center, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, or whatever they call the Amica Pavilions, whatever, I don't even know what it's called up there anymore. (laughs) You need to go smaller. You need to do these in smaller venues. And I, th- I don't know. I'm curious. You know, we'll see what this this here. I was looking at some backstage reactions. Some of the talent, they're looking forward to it. They're like, I'd rather do all my extra work in AEW under the banner than to these other promotions. Um, Gives them probably more of a reason, you know, you get to work with all these other guys. Maybe something creative comes up. Maybe they get, you know. That's something I think WWE was good with. They've always tested out match like storylines or matches before in dark matches or like house shows Mm -hmm. i think you and i we had seen oh i'm trying to think what it was it was aj styles it was a dark match for him i had a smackdown tape him and i think like three four months down the road that was the storyline and that was like a pay-per-view match so i think in the long run it could be beneficial um, I'm looking at the ratings here, and yeah, the ratings aren't one million, but they're still number five on cable during the week. They're just under usually, 900,000 th- right now. I think that. they're yeah, yeah, they usually average about nine hundred thousand. But I also curious now. I'm, I'm also curious though: is this do these numbers, these Nielsen ratings, do they ever cover people who DVR these things? That's where it gets tricky because I don't, I don't know how the i don't know how these are calculated now i I think a good source for these is uh wrestlenomics is a good one um that i've that i've seen but i I think you got to do a paid subscription to see to see them but they provide some good quarterly results for uh aew and even wwe uh as well but i I don't know how it takes into account the like people DVR. I I want to say it's it's specific to uh, live, like at that moment on Wednesday night, Monday night, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you actually, it's interesting to see where the dips in in the program are. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, but I personally think they should focus more on the weekly live shows. And but I mean, if they want to do these house shows, I guess see how it goes. <laughs> I, 
if you do these house shows, though, this is this is my thought. If you want to throw maybe like one one every other week, one a week, I mean, that's fine. Maybe it gives you a reason to really work with your talent because again, all of this talent flies in. They either tape once a week or twice a week, depending on if Rampage is being taped separate. Three times if it's a pay-per-view. And then they fly out. So I don't know how active how active some of these guys are outside. Like, sorry, not active, but how much these people work with each other outside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe for some people it works, where it's like, I only need to be there once a week. Cool. But if you're a younger talent, I would make the argument you might want to be putting in more hours, whether you're even doing dark and elevation. If you're doing that, I mean, not, I don't know how many people watch that, but it's more, it's more time at least than the ring for the talent. Yeah. You got to wonder how much these wrestlers train or I'm, I'm sure they exercise and all that stuff. I'm sure. But I mean, some of them, but I mean, but remember AEW has no performance. Center. <laughs> so they're, no, they don't. They've they're been not using... training, I guess, as much as the folks at uh, the folks in Stanford are. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, give and take. You know, you know, they were training. So you know, one of the reasons Jade Cargill didn't go to the WWE, they were like, "Well, who's going to take care of your kid now? This is part of your family." And she's like, "Excuse me, no." Mm. So I don't know. It'll be curious. I'm interested. I'm actually, while you mentioned that, I'm kind of curious how many people watch Dark. Just um, <laughs> I I could not tell you that number. Let's see. I'm just kind of curious. You know what? Uh, I am curious myself. There. The last episode of Dark. One hundred fifty-one thousand. And Dark Elevation had a hundred and eighty-five thousand. So it's not like us. It's not. A small number. It's not like WWE, if they did something like this, you're probably pushing a million. Or a half a yes. million. But, you know, if you have 200,000 people watching, 150,000, that's still a, that's a significant amount, I'd say. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, speaking of other events, you know what? I'm going to keep this one for later. We're going to hop over now. Because we're talking about tapings. Ring of Honor is going to finally start taping in Orlando. And I wonder if they're going to be taping in the same spot. Um, that they've been taping Dark and Elevation. Very, um, very likely. Yes. They're actually, ironically, they're taping the last last week of February. Which, ironically, you're here. But you've got other things going on. <laughs> um. It was added that tapings would take place in Orlando, Florida during the last week of February. Um, there's no other details. Um, yeah, you got, you got to think it's the same spot. Uh, that What is that? Universal Studios? Where yeah. they tape dark and all that. Yeah, that, it just makes perfect sense to just uh, to just do that there. Yeah. Yep, taped on the 25th and 26th. So I'm assuming what's going to happen is whatever content that they record now will probably air after Supercard of Honor on the 31st. You know? Well, I'm, I'm wondering if they if they'll start doing these tapings so that because so that they they build up to Supercard of Honor. Because um when they do that. Yeah, I think that's something. I think this is something they should start jumping on before Supercard of Honor to, to, as a way to uh, promote that pay per view. You know, with that and a mix of whatever they're doing on AEW television during the week, you know, uh, build up for this pay per view. But I think they should, they have the place, they have Universal Studios, the soundstage there. I think they should start. They should start doing that as soon as possible. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I now, now you put that into perspective. Yeah, drop yeah. a couple episodes before, um, before SuperCard, uh, to get people really, really into it, really going. 
Um, it will be nice. I know you and I have talked about it for a while. I love, I do love Ring of Honor, but it'll be nice to finally move the Ring of Honor talent, hopefully, to Ring of Honor TV. We can now get this AEW mm-hmm. talent back in the focal point. But somebody like Samoa Joe, who's on both, you know, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious to see where this goes. But taping start in a week. I'm looking forward to it. I think Supercard's going to be great. Even under Tony Khan, the last couple of pay-per-views are still... The Ring of Honor talent's great. Yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's just been kind of just... I think the thing that's been murky about this version of Ring of Honor is just uh, when are we going to see it as it's like mostly its own thing and not like not so shared with AEW just because it's all under the Tony Khan umbrella. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we will. uh, We will see. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, Saturday, August 5th, just announced. SummerSlam is going to be in Detroit at Ford Field. Yeah, SummerSlam. That's where those Lions play, right? I believe so. And you yeah, know what? no, I know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is that a dome stadium or is that a? Yes, it is. Okay, but it's going to be a state. Yep. Which I've been saying for a long time, SummerSlams should be treated. When you and I really started getting into wrestling together, like when I started wa- really watching it, they talked about this being the party of the summer, and then it'd be in this like little arena, and you're like, <laughs> okay, like, like you should be, like, this is great that's in a stadium, but you should be in like Gillette Stadium. You should be outside somewhere, like make it feel like it's mm-hmm. the, it's a big barbecue, a big tailgate i think it would add that no, much more excitement yeah but actually this this is actually the first they call them premium live events now this is the first premium live event to be held at ford field since wrestlemania 23 in 2007 i remember that i watched that i did watch that wrestlemania that was a good that was a decent wrestlemania 2007, um, that was, what, 24? What's that? That mania, that was 24, right? 23. 23, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, SummerSlam, booked, scheduled, ready to go. Uh, this is when I came across, John. I thought this was interesting because we hadn't heard anything since the Tales of the Territories series started. Dark Side of the Ring Season 4 has reportedly is being worked on right now. I saw a couple articles. Movie Web has it where they've interviewed. Among those said to be included in the new interviews in Season 4 are Mick Foley, Jim Cornette, Terry Funk, and Jim Duggan. It has not been announced, though the new report has also not been debunked. So interviews have been going on. Um, According to this report, three of the subjects featured in the season four are Bam Bam Bigelow, Mike Awesome, and Abdul the Butcher. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think the Dark Side of the Ring series does a lot better than Tales from the Territories, so it makes sense to move on to Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, I I liked the concept, but I thought what they were going to do was they were going to pick a territory and talk about it and like, you know, where it started, its rise, its diminish. And instead it's just a bunch of them just talking about, Oh, I don't want to use the word incoherent ramblings because it's not, but it wasn't, it didn't feel focused at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you watched an episode or two. Very, very little of it, but I, uh, I think tales from the territory I saw was just not, not getting a good response overall, just because of its the. I I think mo- I think you hit it right on the head there, just the way that it's formatted. Yeah, I don't know if they did it more like Dark Side of the Ring, and we're gonna talk about Championship Wrestling from Florida. We're gonna talk about Jim Crockett. We're gonna talk about Mid South. We're gonna. I'm all about that. That would have been cool. Yeah, but that's why I'm excited. 
I love Dark Side of the Ring. I actually want them to release this on a DVD. I know you can probably find it somewhere, but love the show. It's just it's fascinating. My girlfriend is not big into wrestling, as you know, John. Well, I'm getting there. We're getting her there. <laughs> um, oh, yours, yours is a little bit. Mine is not at all. <laughs> well, I will get. I will explain to you when we get yeah. into the what we're going to talk about at, towards the end of the show. About, oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I've shown her a couple episodes, and she's. I think the one that killed her is the the Macho Man Randy Savage one. She was just like. She goes, that is so upsetting. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. It's also, we're going to segue out of that. We're going to go into little news out of Japan. So this just happened. So at the time of this recording, I believe this happened a few hours ago. There was a loser leaves Japan match. Hikaleo taking on Jay White. And the news now has broken that Jay White has lost the loser leave, leaves Japan match. So now he will be leaving Japan. There is some like weird stuff. Oh, so this is something that I talked to Ethan about. Because I was, we got Battle in the Valley in San Jose on the 18th. He is in the car wrestling Eddie Kingston. So, there's a lot up in the ear. Is he going to go to Japan? No, sorry. Is he going to go to AEW? Is he going to go to WWE? Um, there's also the option where he's left Japan, but he works at Strong. Um, Ring of... I don't know. I thought... Right now, I think Jay White is maybe the hottest non-Japanese wrestler coming out of Japan who's leaving the country. And I find it fascinating, the opportunities, the options this guy has. Because, I mean, like to see him in AEW. There's a lot of opportunities there, but he has done a lot of those matches already with half those guys. I would be curious to see what he would do if they threw him over into WWE. Would he work? Ah. Hmm. This is a tough one. I mean, especially, especially if you're Jay White. Yeah, WWE is definitely a possibility, but you gotta wonder. Well, how I see it is both both companies need stars right now. Yeah. They both need them desperately. And with WWE, I mean, it's... I I don't know if he'd end up a top guy there. I mean, it's it's possible. Triple H, obviously, knows who Jay White is and all that, you know, I... But, and then with AEW, like you said, there's been... A lot of the AEW roster, you know, he's kind of, he's worked with a lot of them. But this is tough. This is tough of where I would want to see him more. I I almost want to lean towards WWE because I I think that would be better for him in the long run. I, I don't see anybody... AEW right now as beneficial to them. No, with especially we've talked about the bloated roster. We've talked about the the storylines yeah. have been all over the place. The last time I felt, and I and I have been Wait. enjoying you know this past week's Dynamite is pretty good. Uh, I think the biggest problem, and I th- something that WWE can at times it'll you know it's it still does pretty well is having something that flows throughout the episode that's continuous that's like a main focal point um the last time we did something like that in AEW was when we had Paige and Moxley well you bring up Paige well you bring up Paige well now now Soraya you bring up a good example you know AEW has this habit where they bring in they bring in these big stars 
Yeah. There are these notable people. They get a huge pop the first night. They're there. And then the booking is so questionable that they just fall. They just slowly go into obscurity. Now, with, yeah. especially with especially with Soraya. Now Soraya is this weird heel with Tony Storm or whatever, and it's there. Their segment on this past week's Dynamite where they they spray painted some librarian. I don't even know the girl's name. Like, and it was horrible. And yeah, I, I was I, like, I'm like, this is I'm like, this is what Soraya has been <laughs> reduced to going into this comp going going to this company and it, it. so most- if i'm if i'm jay white i don't want this to happen to me like i don't want to just i don't want to i don't want to show up one night have it be this cool moment and then after that it just doesn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah and i think with the one thing that still kills me with wwe for the most part is if you're not like a homegrown star there or AJ Styles, you're getting rebranded. So even though a lot of the talent has been, um, they're doing well. I'll tell you right now, the name Gunther, for me, it just like it sounds. It sounds kind of ridiculous. At like, first, we thought it was stupid. Like when that was first announced, we were like, "What the hell are they doing?" But now. Now Gunther is one of the best parts of the WWE roster. No, but that's the thing. He's great. Yeah. But then they had to rename. You have to go through that whole thing where, oh, we're going to rename you. Like, I think it depends on the wrestler because I mean, you talk about like people like AJ Styles. Samoa Joe was another one where he he was still Samoa Joe when during his time mm-hmm. in WWE. So I think it depends. It depends on the star. I guess. And with Jay White, I even Triple H's WWE is not perfect. I will yeah. say that now. Um, but you know, I think I think he he should see he obviously knows the potential and all that of somebody like Jay White. Um, so for, I think it makes more sense for him to go there, but who knows what seven, six figure amount Tony Khan will throw at him, you know, and then uh, end up getting him to go over there. So, I mean, I, I mean, the money, obviously, I think you'll find the money in AEW, but I got, I would want to be used the best, the best I possibly could. And, yeah, the money and the character would stay in AEW. The creative would happen in WWE right now. Mm. That's that's pretty much the long. And again, for all I know, for all we know, he might go, nah, I'm going to go to Impact for a few. Because some people actually <laughs> really enjoy going to Impact. Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's familiar territory with him. He's been on Impact many, many times. Um yeah, and impact impact's a different breed from what it used to be. So I know it's definitely it's mm-hmm. it just has this black mark over its head. But more recently, yes. I think in the past few years, they've you know with Anthem Sports buying them, and you know the car Dixie Carter being no longer involved, and Hulk Hogan no longer be you know that whole crew. It's felt more like at times more like Ring of Honor used to be where they have some really good talent, they have some really good promo. It's not WWE. It's not going to have the production value, but it's still... Yeah. There were some shows where I would go to Scott. I'm like, Scott, the best show this week was Impact. And I know that's... Today, it's like, bro, that's not possible. They're like a cancer. (laughs) But I know I'm going to be keeping an eye on this because this could be... It's mania. It's it's mania season. So could you imagine the Monday after mania... You know, very possible. <laughs> revel- there are there are options, and I know you know yep. contracts are you know coming up for all these other. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just think yep. this is a very important. He's a very important person 
who we need to be focused on where he goes and what happens. Because I think what happens to him will put the feelers out there for other good talent in which company, you know, again, if he goes to AEW and they do exactly what they do, a lot of other people are going to be like, you know, this is no, we don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. If he goes to WWE, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm keeping an eye on this one very carefully. Um, other things to be kept on very uh, carefully is this MJF <laughs> promo from Dynamite. What's oh up? boy, yeah. Let's uh, the details of this promo from MJF that apparently flooded. Apparently, the Nassau Police Department was flooded with a bunch of phone calls regarding this promo. Um, I think the I'm paraphrasing a lot of this promo, but apparently MJF talked about some car accident with some. Well, he used the name Liv, which was interesting, and a lot of people were think that was alluding to uh, Liv Morgan. <laughs> uh, for because they had that one picture together, I guess. Um, but. I actually was not, I mean, MJF was on TV, but I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. So I didn't expect this uproar of these, apparently these phone calls to some police department. But you, at the same time. So you, you missed know, exactly what he said? I I kind of knew. I mean, do you know the details of that a little yeah, better so as, as, as what about- he said? Yeah, so what he said, because Ashley's listened to this too, and you should have seen her face. It was priceless. He okay. goes, Yeah, one night, me and this really, you know, this this you know, gorgeous lady, da 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 da, you know, I bring her home, you know, I hop bring her in my car, and we're both, you know, we're both drunk, this and that. And I'm driving home. It was like an expensive car or something like that. He goes, I'm driving home, and all of a sudden I lose control and I hit a telephone pole or something like that. When I came to my senses, I looked over. When I heard the sirens going, I looked over at the girl in my passenger seat, and I put her in the driver's seat. It's like, you gotta oh. take chance. Oh yeah, he's like, you need to go back and relive this promo because it's so fucked up. But it's his. It's you like this guy. Oh. You know. Okay. Your girlfriend don't like him. My girlfriend thinks he's annoying, and I'm like, this is exactly what a heel should be. Like, he just came off like an absolute yeah. douche. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. I can't believe people called about this. Well, this is my first thing about this. (laughs) Well, uh, well, I'll I'll get into the the. We have some break. We have some more reports on these phone calls or whatever. But apparently, they were flooded with over three hundred phone calls. Uh, not long after this episode of Dynamite or whatever, but. Here's what I have to. Here's my my rant about this. All right. This guy is in El Paso, Texas. This accident happened. Who knows when? He didn't specify a date or anything like that. So, so you call the Nassau Police Department in New York. What are they gonna do? You literally have no information from MJF and who's a obviously, I mean there's obviously some this this promo is obviously not entirely true. Mm-hmm. First off. And you have people flooding the phone the, the police department with phone calls. What are they gonna do? I, but I don't <laughs> understand like It's 2023. And you're watching professional wrestling. (laughs) You know at this point, professional wrestling, there is scripted content in this. Like you didn't see you didn't see people calling the police department when Kane lit Jim Ross on fire on Monday Night Raw or or something like that, or when Gene Snitsky punted a baby on Monday Night Raw, all these crazy things. It's just uh, (laughs) the I think this also shows the the what i'll just i'm kind of going on a rant here but just the the pussification of our society right now i would also say ignorance like the the amount of ignorance like 
there has never been a time, actually ever, where I've watched something and gone, that was horrific. Let me call the cops in that local area on television. Yeah. On scripted television. So, yeah, so I I think we should move quickly into here how all of that was bullshit. <laughs> and so we have this article here from Wrestling Inc. Uh, by Sai Mohan. So in the aftermath of MJF's controversial promo on this week's AEW Dynamite, several reports suggested that the Nassau, Poli- the Nassau Police Department were flooded with over 300 phone calls and had to investigate the, the veracity of the story narrated by the AEW world champion. However, ESPN's Mark Raimondi subsequently shot down the reports, claiming that the fan outrage regarding the content of MJF's promo was greatly exaggerated. So, not this is a quote, not to break kayfabe, but I contacted the Nassau County PD and, and reports that hundreds of people that People have called about the MJF promo from, uh, don't seem to be true. The public information officer did not know what I was talking about, and though and such calls like that would go to his office. Um, so I think what what he also goes on to say here is that there were some phone calls, but not like not three hundred. Okay, so uh, and, even still, the fact that there's one phone call and, about it. And we have, I think, Brian Alvarez from the Wrestling Observer um, also says that um, he says that 80% of MJF's promo was true. So MJF did get into a serious car accident with his football friends when he was in junior high school. But apparently he changed the end of it. So he wanted to make people think that he was a horrible person by doing the switcheroo. and. So the part about the car accident, a serious car accident was truthful, but the stuff with this girlfriend or whatever obviously didn't happen. No. That's what Brian Alvarez says. (laughs) So I think, I think the, the, the wrestling community, well, some members of it jumped the gun on this one. Apps, uh, uh, yeah, um, Let's just, uh, uh, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know what to say there. Wild, <laughs> wild. I I was like, there's no way that many people actually called. Yeah, there's uh, like, like the fact that some called at all. I was like, uh, what? What do you expect to happen? <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, MJ MJF is not. Uh, I don't think he has a warrant out for him the next time he comes back to Long Island. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Nope, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about. So at the Royal Rumble, we had this wonderful pitch black match. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, one, oh, is, is that the word you want to use? Wonderful? <laughs> Mis- mysterious, if you will. Okay. (laughs) Curious. And it looks like you were telling me, and I just pulled it up, Mountain Dew or PepsiCo paid WWE $1 million for the sponsorship. Yeah, so it looks like WWE made a decent chunk of change from this this sponsored match or whatever. yeah, this was the match itself. I thought was awful. So, <laughs> so I mean, but obviously the branding of that was like right front and center of that. And I mean, even the even the press thing after the pay per view, uh, they were Cody was drinking Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Well, he had like a sip of it because I'm sure he doesn't want to intake all the sugar in yep. these things, but. But yeah, apparently this is something that WWE might be doing even more. Uh, you know, there was an interview that just went out with uh, apparently the Hollywood Reporter, and 
This is a, this is right from a WWE executive, uh, Craig Craig Stimmel, and apparently the suggestion is, I mean, there's no truth to this. Obviously, this is not a confirmed thing, but he suggested that WrestleMania might have a match sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So you mentioned this, and I'm you know scrolling through. I have another article where this is uh, rumored. But it's a WWE planning another sponsored match for WrestleMania. Um, WWE is on track to make fourteen to fifteen million dollars in sponsorship revenue for WrestleMania Thirty Nine. WWE is already planning to have a sponsor for the post WrestleMania press conference on Peacock, much like they did for the Royal Rumble. And then reading further, WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff spoke on WWE's move to add sponsored match to the card on his after eighty three weeks. Uh, podcast appreciation of the change by wwe and believing it means the business is getting stronger and stronger he stated this move showcases the advertisers are recognized how powerful professional wrestling can be as a marketing vehicle while mentioning that as the business grows outsiders get to talk about it more this is from wrestling.com i get it from a business perspective yeah but like i mean is was Mountain Dew pitch black like a new thing? Or has it been around for a while? No, so Mountain Dew Pitch Black was a was I honestly I don't remember I can't recall hearing of it before they started doing this sponsorship. So before they did this sponsorship match. I am a big well back in the day, you know, high school, post high school college. Oh, you know why it was making its return? Yes, of January of this year. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Well, because there was a pitch black, and there was a pitch black two, and the second one was like a sour grape, which I well, thought was delicious. You got to um, think like if if a company is going to do a sponsorship like this or something like that, they want to they probably want to do a sponsorship for something that's making a comeback or something that's brand new. Or something like that. So, if they're going to do some cinnamon toast crunch match, like there's there's nothing really. I don't think that holds any merit because there's nothing really, unless they they're planning something. There's nothing really new about cinnamon toast crunch. Well, yeah, if they did if they did a French toast crunch match, that'd be a little different. <laughs> so here it is. I would talk about sponsorships and whatnot. <laughs> the drink yeah. was first released in 2004 and then later from 2016 to 2019. So I'm trying to remember. I think I might have had it in 2004. Yeah, because I think it was a Boy Scout camp when that came out. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But but it's just like to my to my point i think you want to get a sponsor somebody that's doesn't wants a sponsorship wants to rope in something that's that's new something that's returning or something like that like like if pepsico was to do that for another run of crystal pepsi like that would make sense like the, the well the, the crystal pepsi match but yeah so if if general mills has a plan to do some sponsorship with WWE. You got to think what what kind of cereal are they cooking up? Like they they I know Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They had those what those uh those churros. They had a churro cereal like these year all yep. these years ago. Oh, I remember that. I yeah, remember that. Is, those are actually pretty good. But I I would think it would be a brand new cereal and not something that's been around for, for since like the eighties. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's cinnamon toast yeah. crunch. Maybe it's something more outrageous. You know. Yeah, maybe it's like the the the. I don't even know the the. What am I trying to think of here? Like some the the bubble gum match or something or <laughs> something. What was the the big league chew match? <laughs> Bring that back. That hasn't been around in a long time. Bring. Oh, is it still around? I don't even know. I haven't had it in a long time. 
or like bubble yum or something. Yeah, we got it. All right, Sam, what discontinued product would you want to come back to do as a sponsorship match? Oh, oh, you got me wondering. Yeah. So I was, I was always a big Mountain Dew guy. So the pitch back one was super exciting. I would want. Oh man, discontinued items. I'm trying to think of a few myself now that I would want to see come back. You know what? You know what I would want to come back? I what? I always liked, I mean, because my, my dad drank it a lot uh, just because he was diabetic, but he drank Yoohoo all the time. And when I was a kid, they had they had strawberry Yoohoo. I would want to see that come back. Do the do the strawberry Yoohoo match. And I'm there for it. <laughs> actually now you, now you bring it up you know what when i actually ashley and i were talking about it i think they no longer make they make cherry they make vanilla but there was that time period when they made the cherry vanilla coke do you remember that yes and it was because i remember and ashley brought it up and i remember everyone's like yo this tastes like dr pepper i do i think i do remember that yeah so yeah. i do something like that or Pepsi Blue. Do you remember Pepsi Blue? I probably had that like one time. Yeah, that was like I remember that years ago. Yeah, Pepsi Blue, or I would do Mountain Dew Revolution, or oh, if we're if we're talking sodas here, how about how about bringing back uh, that very famous green that very famous green bottle of Vault? Oh, jeez, Vault. Yeah, bring that back. <laughs> that was a good soda. Um, I was looking at cereals. I'm trying to think of other things like snacks or yeah, or like an energy drink. Like Jolt, Jolt was an amazing energy drink. Bring back the, the blue can, the, the blue can, the blue cans with the the twisty top. Oh my god, I, I wish I, I wish I had one of those now. But yeah, but I think the, <laughs> I, I think the point we want to make is I think you want to do you want a sponsorship for something that's that's because you want to like it's fresh and that's you know returning or something like that so i think if they do do something like this at wrestlemania it'll be for a fairly new product or a product that's returning yeah i mean it doesn't even have to be food it could be like i don't know sponsored by pfizer you know <laughs> a pfizer you could, you could do that too well the <laughs> <laughs> something that Pfizer does fall under there. Q-tips. A Q-tip match. <laughs> like... <laughs> the, the Johnson and Johnson does some sort of match. I mean, they've always had sponsors. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not concerned with that. I think it's just the match, the concept of, yeah, we're going to sponsor this via a match. And you're like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> if Halo 2, I'm going to go back a while. If Halo 2 came out and they were like, at WrestleMania, we're going to have a Halo 2 match and somebody was just like the Master Chief, even then we would have been like, okay. <laughs> like, what is this, WCW yeah. RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even I, I think any sponsorship match, obviously the wrestling fan, well... The wrestling fan will probably shrug at the match because I'm sure the match won't be great. But I mean, I did buy a bottle of Mountain Dew Pitch Black and I tried it for the first time. So, so I, I they, there's that sponsorship worked there. <laughs> so, I think whatever's coming out is might be something that I'm sure the public will want to try. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're gonna get away from the sponsors because i think we've talked about <laughs> soda and cereal uh too long yeah. and now i want a soda for tonight oh yeah for the yeah for the big game tonight as we're recording this and as of right now it has not happened so don't spoil it for me yeah. um <laughs> okay <laughs> oh i saw the script i saw this the leak script not that long ago <laughs> but i but i won't but i won't tell you anything i saw okay cool <laughs> cool so this past weekend, um, something I've wanted to do for a while, one of my things, I've always wanted to go to like a wrestling event for almost every, I don't want to say major promotion, but every like 
notable promotion. And this weekend I had a chance to go to an NWA one. NWA's Nuff said. I'm going to run through the card quickly. Um, actually, no, there was like 13 match, 14 matches. That's a lot. I'm not going to go through it. Main event, Tyrus defeated Matt Cardona for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. John, I gotta, I gotta send you the photos. This place take. This was in an Egyptian Shriner, so this is probably twenty minutes south of me. So that was like you and I going to the dunk. Oh, we're going to, we're going to the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It's right there. We can go grab Oneyville. We can, you know, we do something. We have the whole night ahead of us. Anytime we would do something, and this was pretty close. You know, again, it was like twenty minutes away. But the problem is, it's in an industrial area. So, like. You get off the highway, and there's all these car, um, I don't even know what you call them, sales, um, car stores. I don't know why it's not coming in my head. But anyways, and then you get closer, and there's like less and less. And there's like manufacturing buildings here. But they're not like big manufacturing buildings. It's just like the one-level manufacturing building. So it almost is like just this flat land with buildings. And then, of course, you got the strip clubs, because where else do you put a strip club? industrial play parks so we kept driving we eventually found the place it's like tucked away between a highway and a duncan it's a big kind of a big building um we had to park because there wasn't enough parking in the parking parking lot we had to park down near the railroad track like honestly my car was like right next to railroad tracks <laughs> <laughs> we walked probably an eighth of a mile down i wouldn't say eighth it wasn't long it didn't feel long but it was longer than it should have no lights on it's the road it's a dirt road i'm like this is like texas chainsaw massacre shit like i'm just like i've always wanted to do this so we go when we get to the building there was a seating problem they just started telling people to just sit wherever and it was general admission and then pe some people were like fighting about this so then these people oh yeah you got to get out of their seat that's their seat so then they started kicking people out of seats, and they, the arrangement there sucked. Ashley actually went back there to have words with people because she goes, this is stupid. You're going to make accommodations for some people but not others. So um, it was a cool event. It wasn't anything, like, crazy noteworthy. Um, this was Ashley's first wrestling event she went to, John, and you should have been there. Oh. Oh, wow. You would have sworn it was a kid in a candy store. Like, we were three rows from the front, four rows from the front. And when I per I'm going to purchase this, unless you guys take a look, I am dead center. You can see me. And at one point, Ashley, not to TMI guys, but at some point, Ashley looks into my ear and goes, Hey, you have something in your ear and starts like poking inside of my ear. So there's <laughs> on video on Fight TV of me, of you, me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know she's like wow this is a lot more fun than i thought it would be you know she's like the crowds like you know you've been in enough shows you know the crowd is the crowd um <laughs> yeah she's like the ring is louder than i thought it was i go yeah it absolutely is especially when you're this close uh it was cool there's a lot of people i didn't know um a lot of good matches uh, the weird thing is they had no signage in the whole building. They didn't have they uh, they didn't even have a screen. So let me let's clarify something. They didn't have a screen. So when they cut the promos with the people behind stage, you just heard audio. Uh -uh. So Ashley's like, "What the hell is that?" I go, "That's that's a promo going back there. Don't worry." Um. They were coming out of the state. There wasn't really a spot you saw where they came out of. It was just a curtain. Like, you, you had to see. The setup was very simple. Um, but the show was cool. It was fun, actually, to watch Ashley because she was just like, I need to come to more of these. I go, yes, you do. <laughs> because especially when you're not going to a WWE show, which is obviously polished and cleaned up and made more TV-friendly, they're going to do things that are... Mm. Like, there was one point, there was a guy who got hit. With, the, the opening match was a Singapore cane match. It was Tom Latimer and uh, defeated Fodder. Yes, name was Fodder. 
Fodder hits Tom Latimer with a cane and the, the plastic piece at the end of the cane shot up to the ceiling. Oh. You know, he went, fell in the a little, it's something a little, you know, small things like that. Um, <clears throat> Ashley obviously <clears throat> started becoming one of those people who was screaming things at the wrestlers. Like things that would make, <laughs> I forgot what she said. Oh, EC3 wrestled. So EC3 wrestled Kevin Kylie Jr., who was Alex Riley and NXT. And Alex Riley oh. comes out. He didn't. Didn't something happen with Alex Riley? Ah, oh. he took some bad dive. Maybe it wasn't at the event you went. I saw. I've seen. I've been seeing Alex Riley, uh, in the wrestling news. I'm actually gonna pull that up now. We're gonna see what's going on here. I. I something. So this was not at the event. This must have been at the event you went to. Apparently he took some bad dive. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just watched it. Oh. Did you see that? No, because we were on the other side. Let me I, I'm kind of curious. But he, yeah, I'm um, actually I'm I'm gonna pull that up right now. And and I, hold up. Wait, I'm gonna get your reaction live, Sam. Hold on. I'm going to do this live on the air here. I just saw the dive. Because <laughs> the way the and match it, and this was his comeback match or whatever, because I think he's been he's been gone a long time. Six years. Holy crap. Yeah, the last time we saw him was what, with the, the Miz? I think maybe, so, yeah. He maybe came maybe out. Very, maybe very briefly. Uh, away from the Miz, I don't exactly remember. Uh, I'm just trying to find the video here as recording this. I think I might let you find it on your own. <laughs> so I'm trying to. I'm having some difficulty here. Yeah, but um, the whole time Ashley was like, like he came out dressed up in a t-shirt and he had jeans on and like knee pads and the elbow pads. Yeah. And Ashley kept screaming, "He's like, ah, you look like a Staples employee." While EC3 had his three <laughs> lines on the back of his trunks, and the one went down the oh. middle. And Ashley's like, yo, that looks like a skid mark. All right. We have the video here. I am going to show it to Sam. Uh, I don't need the audio, but we're going to show. Let's Sam, let's take a look at this dive. Can you see my screen? I can. Oh, you can see Ashley right there. And me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah he just flopped you see another one he just oh ew i mean he still bad. landed on his back now where are you in this bit in this uh recording so if you go stop you can see i believe Okay, not. We should be like right where he's standing, or not? Uh, I might, I might, have, I might miss you. Yeah, but I, I... <laughs> we were in the middle for the whole show. But either way, she's screaming yeah. about that. She was really getting into it. By the end of it, she kept. <clears throat> she was more riled up than I was towards the end. Oh so wow! <laughs> I told her. I go. She goes. She goes. What she said? She goes. I should have known I would have liked to go into this because you know how much I love violence. And I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. That's why we're bringing you. I think GCW I see. I think. April. Yeah, I think I see you guys. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think they're pretty sure. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, that's you and Ashley. I see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we. 
I'm bringing her a GCW show in Orlando in April, and I think if she uh, loves, oh, oh dear God! But that's <laughs> that's her thing. That's she would have been somebody 25 years ago. We would have been like, hey, have you seen ECW? Brought her to a show, and she would have been like rabid. <laughs> oh, oh boy, she's gonna. Uh, I don't know if she'll want to go to another one after one of those. <laughs> no, she's usually that. The person she is, it makes sense. She actually was yeah. enjoying being there. And I was telling her some of the things about the GCW show in Vegas. And she's like, when are we going? Wow. <laughs> she's not a dainty little one. Oh. She's little, but, you know. Uh, but yeah. overall, I thought it was a fun show. I mean, if nobody, I know not many people watch NWA like all the other brands, but it was cool. Bully Ray did commentary, guest commentary for the main event. And then at the end, he came out. And um, it sounds like he might be wrestling for the NWA title at some point, which will be fun to see. But yeah, just want to give my thoughts on that. I thought that was cool. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. You can find myself as the SWB official, Scott is Scotty J Stream, and John is John the Statman. We are on all streaming platforms. If you cannot find us, please let us know. We'll put ourselves on there on your streaming platform. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Ship It Series and Above the Ring is the podcast that you're choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.